people didn't really mention content when we first talked to them. It was about doubling down on what we're good at, connecting people, making those introductions, helping startup scale. That was that was key, which you weren't expecting, right? So we ended up working through what people really need and want right now, and we landed on Startup and Garage. On today's show, we are talking to Graham, one half of the startup van and soon to be one half of the startup van garage. We're talking all about funding for the startup community and how they can come together to help each other as the pandemic continues. This is Tech Talks. It's your twice weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you a bit of technology news. Welcome to the last podcast of September and a very pertinent podcast because tomorrow, get this, Akish, tomorrow is uh, International Podcasting Day. It is. Uh, did, didn't you post something about that on your Instagram? We're going to do a little yeah. video, tips, tips with uh, yeah. with blue yeah. with blue microphones, yeah, talking nice. about some do's and don'ts. Um, right. I, I asked people if there are any questions uh, that they would like answering. Jack mm-hmm. Pierce. Also, this parish got in touch asking who the uh, handsome one who does the coffee break was. So, um, obviously talking about himself. So, a bit of self-promotion there for Jack in his questions. But, yeah. uh, he needs a bit think, of ego boost, does he? Yeah. 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 We'll, yeah. Hope, we'll hopefully have some tips for people that are a bit more pertinent than that. Mm. I still think you're probably the better looking one out of the two, to be honest. Uh, me and Jack? Yeah, 100%. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad that I topped that mini-league. <laughs> do I get do I get through to the second group stage? Yeah, you probably do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely getting knocked out in the last sixteen. Um, oh. <laughs> so, uh, Akish, personal question: Did you pay more than seven hundred and fifty dollars? So I don't know about five hundred quid in tax this month. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More than yeah. Donald Trump over the last couple of years. Then <sighs> it's annoying, that isn't it? <laughs> very, very annoying. Eh? What's depressing is it probably won't make a blind bit of difference to the people who vote for him, which is just so frustrating. No problem to them, is it? Such a joke. Such yeah. a joke. We've got a fun podcast today because we're talking a startup van. More more along the lines of, of tech talks in terms of content uh, producers, but community creators. And actually, this is really relevant right now because it's talking about funding, which post-pandemic, or or it's not really post-pandemic, uh, I want to say post-pandemic, but it never, it never feels right because it's still ongoing. But mm. pandemic, funding for startups is pretty tricky and and hard to come by. So this is talking all about that and how they're using that community to help each other. So uh, listen in. We're chatting away to Graham and then myself and Keisha will be back with some commentary afterwards. So on today's show, I am joined by Graham from the Startup Van, one half of the Startup Van, along with your co-founder, Mark. Thanks for taking some time to chat to us. Thank you. It's... Uh... It's been a while since we since we were recording anything together. A little bit more uh, hectic last time. It's definitely more chill today. I was chilled. I I think before <laughs> I got into the startup van to interview you two, I'd had a bottle of white wine, right? Which I, th- which I think I drank out of a pint glass, which classy. says everything you need to know about. Always classy, David. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very respectable professional content. Uh, yes, um, look. I'm not going to go a huge de- into huge detail around your your backstory because you've been on the podcast before. I mm. think the Startup Van is a fairly well-known brand. And I would say to anyone who isn't familiar with the Startup Van to go and check out your website and the content. You create entrepreneur entertainment yes. and started doing it out of a VW van that you parked in front of Web Summit when Web Summit wouldn't let you in, or at least they wouldn't let you in without charging a large amount of money. Yeah, 
80 grand was the figure being kicked around but um but it's yeah exactly it was it was just a, a scrappy beginning uh film, filming at web summit caused caused huge hype at web summit you know thousands and thousands of followers out of nowhere um and then signed corporate contracts traveled north america creating content uh, australia promoting entrepreneurship in schools with children which was really close to our hearts and and obviously hong kong then we did a bit of filming in hong kong which was which was incredible um and then someone made a comment would anyone really give a shit if it wasn't for the van would anyone care and we were like oh that really really uh, fucking hurts um so, so we, <laughs> we yeah we we opened a pop-up studio in old street station literally probably five minute walk from where i am now um unsure of how it would go to be completely honest we didn't tell the corporate sponsors that but unsure about how it would go raging success bbc business came down the drum came down guardian came down all these publications to figure out why is there crowds of of founders queuing into old street station uh, they found out it was it was startup van and we didn't change the name people were like why are you call startup van um but it all led on from there we opened i'm actually recording out of it now our first film studio in london permanent studio Launched a daily show for entrepreneurs uh, with Starling Bank, who were who were weren't as big as they are now at the time. They they thankfully backed us when we first moved to London, and then the giants came along. We work and, and we signed a corporate sponsorship with WeWork. There they were cooler back then for anyone listening in in twenty twenty. Um, they were <laughs> were a really well respected brand, um, and had a, a and had a ton of of backing from SoftBank. So we produced a show with them. And when we finished producing the show, we tallied up the numbers and it was 3,000 founders in total we've interviewed. Which is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And then along comes the pandemic. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that wasn't expected. We didn't see that coming. So yeah, couldn't film. Except we should have done because Bill, Bill Gates and people have been talking about it for years. Oh, I know. Yeah. Crazy, right? It, it, It kind of hit and... It hit so quickly, you know, we kind of heard of this, this virus in China and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is with media, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is kind of can be scaremongering and this killer virus out of China. And you kind of just you don't pay as much attention as maybe you, maybe you should because there's so much fake news and bullshit. And but it, it was real and it is real. And, and we had to stop filming and we, we, we shifted mm-hmm. over and, and we started doing podcasts. But this is where obviously today we want to chat about Garage. This is where things completely shifted for us, and and obviously content is is what we do and what we do well, and we've we've done it for for uh, six years. But what we found was that when the pandemic hit, there was people struggling, people struggling for answers, people struggling with government grants, people struggling with getting out of my office lease. Right, we were getting messages at all hours of the night because people just defaulted and came to us because they seen us as kind of heads of this of this startup community that we've created with people we've interviewed. We didn't know, ironically enough, we didn't have a clue, right? <laughs> we don't know how to get out of office leases or anything else. But but luckily, we have a network big enough that we could call in these favors and get lawyers and get accountants and, and rope these people in to get them to help the community, right? So we would kind of call in our chips and say, look, obviously, we know you well. We've, we've helped you out in the past with introductions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, will you do this for our community? Give an hour of your time answer these questions and uh, luckily they 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 did and that kind of came our role so coming towards the you know weeks and weeks and weeks of this going on we said let's talk to these people right let's let's ask our community what do they want from startup on fully expecting them to say content video content around 
I don't know. I, I made a prediction that it was about startups coming through the coming through a, the recession and then um, startups coming through a recession and then making it and, and scaling and blah, blah, blah. It, people didn't really mention content when we first talked to them. It was about doubling down on what we're good at, connecting people, making those introductions, helping startups scale. That was that was key which you weren't expecting right so we ended up working through what people really need and want right now and we landed on startup and garage which is an, an entrepreneur club for 500 founders to help them grow help them survive first of all and grow and scale um right now start starting from next month when we're launching it and and people are really excited about it right it's it's it can be a lonely journey um as a, as a, even if you're not a sole founder, it can still be a, lon- a lonely journey. Having the right network, having the right connections is key. We've interviewed 3,000 founders. The ones that are more willing to help more often get help, right? If you're willing to go, go the extra mile, people go the extra mile for you. They're the ones that succeed. They're the ones that succeed, right? They're the ones that do the best. They're just willing to give their time, willing to, to accept help, and, and it works both ways. And that's what we're going to facilitate with dedicated connections manager who we're hiring to, to know these 500 businesses inside out, top to bottom. Where are they? What do they want to achieve in the next 12 months? What's the barriers? And we're going to help them get over that through our network. I mean, do you think it's just a case that we, we very much took for granted the co-working spaces, the meetups, the opportunity that you live in London and any night of the week, you can go and meet other people in the industry. You can hear a conversation, you can have a beer, you can share ideas. Mm. And then overnight, it ground to a halt. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think I'm I'm guilty of that, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest. right? I live right in the middle of Shoreditch. There's events on every day of the week, well, probably 100 events, events on um, every day of the week. And and, and I, I did 100% take it for granted, right? Being able to go out and meet people and, and and connect with someone on Twitter or LinkedIn and just meet them for a beer or coffee and get to know people. And we're, we're really missing that element of it. But when we spoke to people about what their plans are this year, people need to raise money if they want to scale their business. It's just a, mm. the nature of the game. A lot of people do. But we look back on people we interviewed, right? We... We were doing the traveling North America. We interviewed some great founders, Tope from Calendly. We interviewed in Atlanta and he was telling us about the struggles of raising money and, and, and what he was going through. And Calendly now, the revenue they're pulling in and how they've scaled is incredible. And we look at businesses like that. We look at businesses like like Monzo. When we first met Monzo, they weren't even called Mon- Monzo. They were called Mondo. And, Mondo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and meeting them at that stage. And and a company like Buy Miles, insure tech company, met them yeah. super early stage. They are they are fantastic and scaling and growing. And when they scale and grow, we celebrate just like you do, David. Right? You know, founder that you interview turns out to raise a hundred million. You 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 kind of that's you kind of get this uh, endorphin release of uh, you feel a little bit of a part of it, and you were there when they didn't have this money. Um, we get that too, and our community revels in it right our community celebrates when someone puts it in the community we've just successfully like a company called motif two weeks ago we interviewed them very at the very early stages they just raised their series b hmm. in a pandemic right and it's what they had to go through to raise it was incredible but but the community celebrates because it's a win and people need wins right people need wins now especially but we always said we would have loved to back them financially at that stage and it got us thinking about garage and we want to back these these founders financially in the garage but why not let the community back them as well so we're launching a syndicate fund attached to the garage so the 500 members of the garage can invest and back each other and that's that's a magical thing and we're really excited to launch that next month too 
I mean, it's fascinating listening to you talk because Starling Bank, we've had Motif, we've spoken to, By Miles, we've spoken to on the show over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a community. Everyone is inter- interconnected. And yep. I think they understand the challenges that they all go through. So it makes perfect sense to have a community that wants to support each other in a very tangible way with with cash. Yeah, um, of course. How So how does someone, look, practicalities, how does someone actually go and become part of the garage, become one of those 500 companies and get support and offer support? Yeah. So first first of all, the startupandgarage.com, the waiting list is open now. Um, and once people join the waiting list and, and when we launch next month, they'll get an email to fill out a, fill out basically an application. Um, the, the type of person they are, the type of founder they are, their history, what they've been through is, is obviously really important. We want to pe- We want to help people that need help right now. Uh, and, and need a network and need connections. We're not doing this thing where we say we're only doing SaaS or we're only doing um, med tech or we're only doing fintech. That that's not the case here. We're we're backing founders that need to be backed, no matter what they're working on or where they've come from or what they're doing. It's it's important to us, and we weren't sure. To be completely honest, with the syndicate fund, we weren't sure what the the VCs would think of it. Right, because obviously, way back in the beginning, when we started doing startup fan, we Mark and I couldn't work cameras properly, right, or lights or mics, or it was like it was such a learning curve. So we got a production company to help us. No different with with the syndicate fund. Um, you know, you, you look at the people in the syndicate fund now. We have Andy Aim who ran Backstage Capital and now Angel Investing School. Zoe Chambers, principal at Octopus Ventures. Louise Louise Ricks from Forward Partners. We weren't sure whether they would would say, no, guys, you need to focus on, on, on this specific thing or pick something. They just bought into that mission right away of that. We are there with this community to help. And someone who's in fintech can have connections to help someone that's launching an app or, or, a, or a service business. It's not exclusively people only. If anything, it's worse. If the community is so tight knit just in SaaS, it's not, it's not diverse enough to have that that dynamic and, and and it won't pop quite the same um so it's it's definitely it's an exciting thing I, um every i've I obviously been talking about this every day in day out for months and and i hope people can hear i'm still really excited about it right it's like it never gets any less exciting now look one thing that i'd be very curious about because you said before about an office lease right you don't have a clue someone comes to you and they ask you a practical question you've got to kind of go back to the community i haven't interviewed three thousand leaders i've probably interviewed I think over the course of the podcast, we're getting on for about 500, but it's still a, a reasonable community of people that we've spoken to over the years. And, and and I find myself in a similar situation. Someone will come and I'll, I'll go, oh, you should maybe go talk to these people because I don't myself know the answers. What you're building now also takes quite a lot of expertise. Mm. How do you get the guidance and the help to take what you've got in terms of the network and extract the value? You know, what? Who who have you had to plug in around you you and Mark, to make sure that you've got advisors and you've got mm. guidance to really make sure that the advice that you're giving people helps and and does what it's meant to do. This is the thing, David, right? And it's a re- it, you know what? It's a really good question because we, we've been asked it before. And we, we asked it to ourselves before we even started this. We're going from creating content to launching a community of entrepreneurs, a syndicate fund, and then a, a physical space in Shoreditch, which is property and it's leasing. And it's it's a, it's at a bigger scale than we've done things before. And a lot of it's completely out of the out of the realm of what we've done before, right? 
so we spoke to somebody in the very beginning and, and, and we, we brought up this. We were like, we weren't worried about it. We're confident in our abilities and we're, we work hard to get things done. But we said, obviously, it's out of it's a different ball game to what we've done before. And they said, when you get this off the ground, you'll have proven that your network is strong. And you basically have proven the concept by launching the concept. Does that make sense? Like our network is so strong and so diverse. People are so willing to help and we've done so much that even the fact that we've gone here with the community of 500 people, with the investment committee, that at its core is is diverse and passionate about helping people and helping founders. The fact that we've even got here shows how strong the network is, which in itself proves the concept in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one of the, the, the real tangible ways of seeing that in action is stuff like your Twitter account. You know, mm. you stick out a tweet and you just see lots of different people engaging and jumping in on it. And there's obviously a lot of goodwill. Mm. And I don't I don't mean to make that sound overly simplistic, but I think that takes a long time to to build that in a very genuine, incredible way where people people want to be part of the thing that you've created, right? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And and you look at the likes of um, Craig Cube, Cedars, great platforms doing great things without a shadow of a doubt, but but they don't have, and, and people want to invest that way and, and put money in that way, brilliant. And and we do it and we've done it and we've worked with Craig Cube before, but it's about having 80 people or 100 people or 200 people, whatever it is, joining a an investment of a startup, they have a vested interest in that person succeeding. Other than just being nice to each other and helping out, they have that vested interest in succeeding. And it's kind of like the community and the group that people see on Twitter or people see on, on WhatsApp. Everyone has something in common. Everyone in that WhatsApp group, everyone in our community has been interviewed by startup fans. So they kind of have a reason to help, right? We've all been in this together. We've all... Some people were nervous coming on the show. Some people are absolute pros when it comes to it. But they all have that thing in common. And I think that's going to be special with the Syndicate Fund and Garage. Mm. And look, one last thing. You know, I think of all the challenges that you're trying to uh, scale, mm. you're going to become baristas in Shoreditch. <laughs> what are you doing? The dream. What are you yeah. doing? The dream. <laughs> I know, right? It, it's, it's one of those things that... Uh, I speak because I'm doing this spiel, right? And, and everyone's heard the spiel uh, on this podcast, which is great. But I'm doing this spiel to to you know to VCs and to founders and to you know to to angel investors and property owners and basically everyone you can think of. And I talk about the network. People get excited, and I, I hit them with the syndicate fund, and they're even more excited. And I hit them with the space, and they go, "What?" <laughs> right? And it's kind of now a pandemic shortage what's going on but the reason we've landed on it is because we want to get back to producing video content we want to get back to doing shows we want to get back to shouting and screaming about our community and how they're scaling and growing and the amazing things they're achieving and we need to get a film studio anyway we've always had them in shortage so that's where it's going to be and and to be completely blunt it's not actually that much more money to get a space a little bit bigger and add a podcast studio and add some couches and some chairs and people to hang out and kind of have a home away from home and, and to come and meet people and to know that if you come to Garage, grab a coffee, watch the show Mark and Graham are recording with, with an incredible entrepreneur and you're surrounded by founders, which we think is pretty special. So it does initially, it does sound a bit out there for sure. I get that. But when you really look at the math, it's actually not that much more money to do this. And I think... It's going to be a really special place when Boris Johnson allows. Well, I mean, it's fascinating. It's it's brilliant to have you 
back on the show. I'm not sure. I think the episode that we did in Lisbon might have been three or four years ago now. So it's fascinating to see how the show's evolved. Uh, really, really amazing as well that you're able to kind of turn that now into something that's helping the community as well. So best of luck with the garage, best of luck with the, with the syndicate. We'll make sure there are links in the podcast show notes so if anyone's listening and wants to get involved so that they can. But apart from that, it's Friday afternoon. So uh, enjoy your weekend, Graham. Yeah, you too, David. Thanks for having me back on. Appreciate it. What I, what I really like about this is uh, if you look at some of the successful startups that we've had on this show over the years, mm. uh, and I'm thinking the likes of Starling Bank and Pension B, um, but you could go outside of the fintech arena, you often mm. find that these startups work within a marketplace ecosystem. So they promote each other's services or they'll be they'll kind of they know that they will offer one thing particularly well, but they might not offer another service and someone else offering that service goes to make up um, a better offering that helps their, their customer overall. Um, and that's always happened kind of organically, yep. but it's happened because people can bump into each other and they can meet each other and they can go to meetups and they can go to events and they're on panels and all that plugging in happens. That's harder to do now. So the fact that the startup van have gone and interviewed thousands of people over the course of five years or so and are able to plug people into each other and help maintain those marketplaces that actually I think are are one of the most important aspects of the startup ecosystem and and a startup being successful. Mm. That's really amazing. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the fact that they've adapted to the market, but obviously still not losing their own original, you know, kind of way of doing things and, and pairing stuff up and, you know, still kind of running out of shortage and, and still kind of being that, you know, kind of the, the the vibe that they've always had from day one. I think it's great that they're allowing people to, to bring not only their ideas, but actually just to come together. And it goes back on to what we've been talking about over the last few months. And that's been a running theme, right? About there will be organizations struggling. There will be founders, CEOs kind of looking, you know, for, for advice, for help, for, even just a, a little bit of a soundboard at times, right? And and for someone like these guys, Graham and his team to kind of come together and say, well, look, we can provide this platform, you know, for 500 kind of members. And then on the flip side, from a financial perspective, in order to gain capital and raise some money, they, they, they've got that syndicate fund being built as well. So it's quality, I think. I think it's really, really good. And I hope everyone buys into it. You know, I hope people don't see it as a, oh, right, you know, here we, here we go. Here's something, you know, that we... Well, as we, we said, like, it's, it's really relevant, isn't it? Because we know that VCs are going to be quite risk-averse right now. Mm. Um, the You know, uh, Graham mentions Crowdcube and, and uh, those kind of crowdsourcing platforms. Mm. <sighs> They're brilliant, but right now everyday ordinary people probably have a little bit less to invest in stuff that they're passionate about because household expenditure is tighter. So the idea that startup founders can come together and back each other and how that might all work is, is a really nice and um, a slightly, I suppose it's a slightly fresh look at an idea that's been around for a long time. Right. Mm. I think it's, um, I think the other thing is well, you mentioned about kind of people having less money. I think it's more people being a lot more risk adverse than let's say a year ago, um, for example. And I think, 
if you have that community helping fund, you know, helping raise capital, helping each other out, they know what each company can offer. They know what each organization will bring to the table, Mm. they know the products, the service. Whereas if it was just a normal person, you might have a bit more apprehension in in you know putting x amount of money into into an organization because you yeah you're know, right i mean you it don't speaks know that, what it is, you know yeah it speaks to the point that gray makes about they've all got something in common doesn't it yeah exactly they've got something in common they know some some of these founders they know that this is could be you know make or break this might be their last chance you know or this might just be another venture if this doesn't work they can do something else but at the base of it, and I think personally at the, the purest of levels is a trust. There's this, you know, camaraderie that's going to be built up um, that Graham and his team are helping to kind of instill. And it just shows that you don't have to be a fucking cutthroat idiot, right? Yeah. Um, you, you don't have to you don't have to take out your competition in order to be number one. Yeah. You can work together. And to, to build on your point that you made a few minutes ago, they're not having to diverge away from what they are. Yeah. They can, to anyone that's ever thought, I'm from a corporate and I'm going to engage with a startup, with a startup community on, on my terms or mm. Graham and Mark are so far removed from that. Mm. They are so, it's not that they're not professional, of course they're professional, but when they go to Web Summit, you know, they had a beer pong table and stuff mm. outside the van, a big crowd, lots of buzz and excitement. And they just, they have fun, but at the same time, they create content that is very, very honest mm. and very genuine. And that's why that community that he talks about of some really quite prominent and high, high profile people have bought into them and are part of that community and believe in it because mm. their warmth and their enthusiasm comes through and it doesn't matter that they're a bit different and they're in Shoreditch and they want to do coffee right now and mm. and 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 you know they're a little bit sweary and they're Irish. People mm. love it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. To, to interact and to grow a professional network, mm. you don't have to be anything other than yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to be in one of those massive office blocks, you know, looking out to the Thames and you know, be wearing a, a suit and tie, right? They, they've yeah. they've chose to to have this kind of community raised up almost as a reflection of, you know, how they would want to do business and how they kind of bring things in. And I think if you are part of it, you, you buy into their idea, but mm. also match their kind of behaviours in terms of helping each other out, it's doing just, as best yeah. as you can, right? And, and just being honest. Times- the amount of times yeah. that I've met people from kind of the big accountancy firms and the consultancy firms, and they're like, you know, we're building a startup community, and it's like, yeah, but look at you, you're like, yeah, yeah, you so aren't going to build a community <laughs> way you're trying to build it. <laughs> so I just think that's that's refreshing. And anyone who's who's out there and wants to make content and wants to create a community, there's there's your blueprint. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think we talked about it off it, uh, well before we kind of hit record here. Um, they were involved in a lot of other things. I've obviously never spoken to them and, and I've actually watched a few YouTube videos where they've, you know, kind of had um, influencers and kind of business people on, on their show. Yeah. Um, and the audiences that they can touch with this content can be, you know, far from kind of 
people like myself to you know those that have an interest in startups and, and organizations that sort of thing through a nature of work almost but then mm. also just to an absolute you know um simple bob on the street right who's just kind of having a scroll through the internet or whatever and and they can reach so many and help join the dots where yeah. at this time with the amount of uncertainty that we've got in anything and everything uh, people like those guys you know will really help these businesses um and single founders or, or you know a kind of group of founders because i think they need they they would require need assistance um like you said their phones were blowing up right where they had things like legal issues leases you know these sorts of things who do they turn to you know when when you're a founder of the business i don't think you can walk into like a citizen advice bureau can you um so <laughs> who do you turn into you turn not to sure i trust them no yeah. exactly um but you turn to these guys right in, in that mm. hour of need and if they've got that community that helps each other out i think that's that's good Amazing. And, th- and this sort of stuff needs to be on the news rather than some of the other you know, depressing stuff that, that we hear. But, you know, for actually having businesses helping each other out, I think this needs to be on it. Um, yeah. And and I hope that they, they get the kudos and recognition because I think it's great, to be fair. I think it's very, very good. Yeah, great. Mark, obviously we've known you for a little while. Fingers crossed, Startup Garage um, will, Startup Van Garage will go amazingly. I am sure we will make sure that there is information in the show notes. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, track and trace. Akish, have you downloaded the uh, NHS Track and Trace app? I have, mate. I have, and I yep. didn't. Need, I didn't need the text to prompt me either. Nope. I've downloaded nope. it before. I'm so on it. Very. How many active. times have you have you checked into places? Uh, well, we, we've got our own. Like, I, I played cricket this weekend, so right. We've got our own little thing to check in. Um, yeah, I've, yeah. I've had to download a QR scanner and put it like on the front screen of my phone because I kept being like, "Oh, where the hell? Where the hell is this QR scanner?" So oh yeah, like, you got Android, haven't you? See iPhones, you just put on the camera. And... <laughs> anyway, no, no we're, we're, we're not, we're not wait, maybe maybe argument. you do, mate. Maybe you do. Maybe I've just been stupid and not realised you can do that. To be fair, yeah, maybe, mate. Try doing it with your camera next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've downloaded a QR scanner and being like. Oh man, yeah. where's that app gone? Uh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, track and trace the NHS I've, app. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, yeah. I've tried to try to check in as, as much as I can. Uh, yeah. Mate, look for us immune, for, for us compromised immuno people. You better yeah. be. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's why I, yeah. I looked at the audience and I was looking straight at you. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Got a weak Dave. one over there. Got to look after him. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there was some problems, um, though, because it was revealed on Twitter that uh, some of the results from hospitals and public health and labs couldn't be registered on the app. Oops. Brilliant. So if you if your test, this was on Twitter, I love, I love how, I love this. If your test took place in a public health England lab or an NHS hospital, or as part of the national service, a surveillance testing by the National Office of Statistics, test results cannot currently be linked with the app, whether they're positive or negative. Thanks. <laughs> So what are you then? Uh, so basically, it was only like showing stuff from from private labs rather oh, than anything, right. oh, rather than anything public sector, oh, which is great. Uh, I just I just love the way that it signs off the uh, the tweet. Thanks. Thanks. Right. So basically, saying unless you'd paid uh, a significant amount of money to get tested and gone to some sort of private establishment, we don't know whether you're positive or negative. So I think they've they've now fixed it, but it's like oh man, because. 
like I know people like I know people who've been on this show who are working on this app and I know that they've worked really hard to get it out there. So I'm not going to slate the app and I'm downloading it. I'm using it. I'd encourage people to use it because the more people use it, the more relevant, you know, the yeah. more, the more it'll actually work and the more that we might get back to some semblance of normal or whatever that is. Right. Um, and obviously I have a bit of self-interest there now, uh, <laughs> selfishly. Um, but oh, it's so annoying because it's this kind of negative headline stuff. Like you were saying, we need more good stuff in the news. Mm. It's this kind of thing that that will that, make people yeah. go, oh, I'm not going to download it. It's like, no. Okay, mm. there have been some bugs, but they're rolling it out quickly. They're fixing it. Hopefully. Well, they are if they have fixed it. Mm. Still do download it. Still mm. do use it because it will make a difference, even though, yes, hiccup and really badly phrased tweet. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And also, I was having this conversation with with a friend over the weekend, you know, who was um, who was saying, oh, you know, I don't trust the stats and I don't trust, you know, all this oh, and God. that sort of thing. And I said, I said, well, the problem is we're in we're going into a set or we have, you know, obviously got that kind of second lockdown or whatever, because, you know, the data probably is inaccurate or, or there's been a lot of issues. And, you know, so if if everyone is on board and we can actually then prove to the system that maybe it's not as bad or, you know, his theory of thinking, Oh, it's not that bad. You know, they just want to control us and they want us to be robots and that sort of stuff. Right. I was like, we need everyone to help in. And, and the data that we get is by everyone using it yeah. and, and, and actually properly, you know, kind of uh, properly obeying it. But I do think I've, I've seen small behavior changes in, in a lot of people that I know um, this time. Right. Around, I think because, I think the first time around, everyone was a bit nervous, was very well behaved in lockdown, following all the rules simply. And then there came a time where they just got a bit tired of it. And it was like, well, well we're going to rebel, blah, blah, blah. It kind of loosened up a little bit. Everyone tried mm -hmm. to go back to normal. And then it's like, oh, no, guess who's back? And then now this time around, they're like, right, you know, we should actually properly follow it and that sort of thing which is where we were especially not in winter yeah exactly exactly that um as, yeah. and as you can see the evening's already depressing as it is anyway now with it being so living cold and dark so i went for a run this morning in richmond park and it was glorious did you I, Get I out enjoy. did you post it on instagram by any chance no mate no <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just wanted to kind of talk about this because obviously the app is tech focused there, yeah. and look we're, we recognize that there have been some some issues on it on the podcast we're not here to really comment on that it's not our place as a podcast shout out though to alexandra Bertles, who's been on this show before she's worked really hard on getting this out there so well done to you and as someone that's actually got very heavily vested interest as we've said in the success of this app um because i got i got a text telling me that i needed a flu jab mate i'm 35 jesus uh, <laughs> uh i want people to use it back. <laughs> if if there's anything yeah thanks to everyone obviously who's got this app out but also please use it so david doesn't lose his marbles that'll be <laughs> um that'll be great because it's currently right now he's looks a bit nervous but please use it <laughs> if you like if you like the tech talks podcast and you want to hear more please david, use the track and trace app please use the track and trace app there's our ad yeah <laughs> oh man oh dear right akish have a lovely week we will you talk too. to you on friday